Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Infuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. Somebody's got to play those board games and show up on uh, uh, Game Toppers uh, live streams and all that fun stuff. And running the boards is Joey D's. Hi. On today's show, a Spider-Man No Way Home trailer drops. What? Well, maybe. We'll also talk with Gareth Von Kallenbach about lots of video game news and, of course, the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Get our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Or, you know, just look up BJ Geek Nation, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app to find us. Yeah, tons of ways to find us. And uh, whichever way you do listen to us, give us a review. Give us a five star uh, because that makes my ego feel a lot better. Uh, Now, I did mention that Spider-Man No Way Home has a trailer and they debuted it on May 19th. Here's the problem. It was an actual trailer. Oh, was the, it the thing where they do the, the letters and like it's a trailer, trailer, trailer? No, it wasn't even like a preview trailer. Oh, it was a giant semi truck, and the trailer said "Spider Man No Way Home" on it. I am not happy. Mm. No, 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 no one is. And uh, yeah, found this on uh, Comic Book Resources, but the headline was "Spider Man No Way Home Trolls Fans with Quote Unquote Trailer Debut." And so, yeah, someone was like, finally, we get to see Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Been waiting so long to see this. And then they uh, quote tweeted that as requested. <sighs> Sorry, I didn't mean to troll you guys. But if you hear somebody talking about that, now you know and you won't get tricked like me. This would have hmm. only been acceptable if Tom Holland was there going, hey, guys, I got my new trailer here. <laughs> yeah, but at that point, he probably would have managed to spoil something. So they didn't want to have him uh, do anything when it comes down to all of it. He's real good at doing that. He's very good at doing that. Uh, now to get to some actual news that is actually out there, we've got our very own Gareth Von Kallenbach with us to talk about some video game news. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Review. That is SKNR.net. And we got a lot of information to cover. We didn't have you last week because of the big stuff, but you've got some interesting stories. Starting with Call of Duty, sounds like it's heading back to the 80s. It is, and what they decided to do with one of their new Season 3 updates, and when they first announced it, I thought, okay, it's just going to be a cosmetic bundle, and that's not the case. While there are cosmetics involved, it's a limited-time series that will bring Rambo and John McClane from the Die Hard <laughs> franchises into Call of Duty, and Now, you know, we're waiting for all of this to download and go live, but as it was explained, is there will be some bundles, and this is for both Warzone and Black Ops Cold War. In Warzone, there'll be things like a Nakatomi Plaza location that you can run through. Um, There'll be certain new weapons. I heard like a baseball bat and a certain uh, weapon that you can buy to add to your characters. But then as the actual gameplay goes, you have things like new challenges and there'll be new uh, modes available. I've heard that there'll be like a new cranked two version for the zombie people. There might be a new zombie adventure. And then of course we've heard 
uh, like gun battle will now become Rambo's gun battle and things <laughs> like that. So I'm like, do I get a bow and arrow in that mode? Right. Is what I want to know. And Or if nothing else, give me that knife. Or even if we're going to go crazy, the fourth one, let me get on that mounted gun on a half track. And, <laughs> you know, right. So we'll see how that plays out. But, uh, you know, the question I want to know is, can you go John McClane versus Rambo? Ooh, that would be interesting. That would be fun because I know I remember, I mean, you talk about like 80s movies and stuff, and usually it's with a horror vibe. Mortal Kombat has definitely done that by not having only skins, but full on playable characters with like Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees and the alien, among others. So it would stand a reason that it would be a lot more fun if maybe you could actually do that. Exactly. And what was really weird was one of the really early pre-hype things for it when they just showed it and they couldn't answer any questions was they showed a cigarette lighter. Oh, and we all know that's one of John McClane's most devastating weapons. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just I'm waiting for the computer filled with gasoline uh, attached to the chair to be pushed down an elevator shaft, please. (laughs) <laughs> exactly or you can just go after a 747 because let's be honest oh, wow duty has never had problems with you going after airplanes <laughs> yeah and crashing planes into stuff <laughs> uh, moving on for that but keeping up with the uh, movie stars what the hell's going on with tom cruise well crazy rumors are flying all over the place uh, a few days ago we started to get news about starfield and this is the big Uh, sci-fi RPG that is coming from Bethesda. It was first announced in 2018. It's been pretty quiet until then, uh, until recently. And a lot of people said, well, you know, COVID, no showcases. There's a lot of speculation that we're going to get news on it very soon because there's been some leaked images. And now, uh, you know, some people said, well, how, how would you describe it? And it's basically been described to me as more like a sci-fi older scrolls than a mm-hmm. than like fallout that sort of thing i don't uh know if there's going to be as much crafting but i'm like well they're in both games so i'm kind of thinking in my mind i have elder scrolls slash fallout science fiction new fantasy single player only we know that mm-hmm. uh So first, the rumor started coming out that it would be exclusive to PC and Xbox platforms only. Oh, wow. Not a tremendous shock when you consider that Microsoft did acquire Bethesda. A lot of people thought this was going to be coming down the road once their exclusives, like with Deathloop and Ghost of Tokyo, uh, well, not exclusive, but their agreements with Sony and stuff were cleared. A lot of people thought going down the road. And, of course, now the huge debate is, are they full exclusives or are they going to be timed exclusives? You know, the PS5 is still out selling, even though they can't get enough on the market. Are you going to want to alienate that market? Who knows? That's all speculation. Well, now the rumors come out is that Tom Cruise is basically going to be starring in it because this is now the trend what? is to put name people in the games. And I'm like, you know, let's remember, we got Kia. Keanu went in cyberpunk. We had Norm Reedus in Death Stranding. It's not unusual to see stars in games, but it's becoming a bigger trend. And I thought, yeah, if you pull this off, it's huge. And so now all eyes will look for the upcoming video game showcases, which Bethesda is going to be part of, as well as QuakeCon, to see if they're going to make any big announcements. I've heard some people say they think it could ship this year unless there's a a pandemic thing they uh, the rumor i heard was remember fallout 4 yep <laughs> they no, there weren't even rumors there were not even announcements they came out and said 
Here's Fallout 4 in June. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And by the way, it'll be out this November. Yeah. That was, <laughs> and that was crazy to think about how massive that game was on a scale to keep that under wraps. We've known about Starfe- uh, Starfield for a while. So. It's interesting to have someone attached to it because I always feel that that is a reason. Like, I don't know. I mean, with Death Stranding, um, I don't understand why Norman Reedus was doing it, but it was fun to see him in it. And it was kind of a weird project, and he's kind of down with that. With Keanu, again, I was kind of surprised, but he's done some stuff in the geeky world recently as well with uh, his series Berserk and wanting to do stuff with that. I just don't understand why Tom Cruise would want to do something like this because it's not like he can do his own stunts. It's a video game. Yeah, you know, it's weird, too, but if you think back, you know, getting back to Call of Duty, let's remember, they had Kit Harrington uh, in one of the games. They had all sorts of name actors who went in the game to do motion capture. And it's like, you know, that that's a very interesting way of looking at it because... Uh, you know, it, it it could be something as simple as, oh, this is quirky, this is fun. It could be something, you know, because with someone like Tom Cruise, you look at it and say, I'm sure they're compensated really well, but come on, they're not going to compensate him to the level that he's going to get for doing a movie. So it had to be yeah. something where that they just said, you know what, this is quirky, this is fun, this appeals to me. Or it could be something so simple that we're not even thinking about it, that, hey, Tom, Mission Impossible 7 and 8 are on hold due to COVID filming. Uh, any chance we can get you to record some dialogue during your downtime? <laughs> hey, you bored? Want to come help us out with something? <laughs> yeah, and here's how, here's what we're going to pay you to basically, you know, isolate in a booth or record some dialogue on your own uh, at whatever you feel safe. Thank you very much. That's a, I mean, it's a very interesting take on it. I'll be kind of excited to see where they're going to be going with all of it, um, to be perfectly honest. Well, we'll get more information as it's going. And I mean, I'm down with it because it's Bethesda in space. And uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> so moving on from that, WB Games, they're having a shakeup. What's happening? Oh, my God. This is going to be crazy, especially with the game companies uh, things coming up. So apparently Warner Brothers is in the process of uh, doing a, I've heard merger, I've heard sale, but the complicated story I've heard is essentially AT&T, Warner Media, and Discovery are merging. And currently right now, the Warner Brothers game division is compromised of 11 studios. Now, this gets comprom- this gets really crazy because DC Comics is part of this whole situation, and they think Discovery is now going to co-own it. And there's a lot of talk that some of these companies will stay, uh, these game companies will stay, and some will go with newly formed companies. So essentially, you've got what Warner Brother Games, and then you've got this new division that's going uh, out there, but they're not going to be all under the same umbrella. And this has caused utter chaos because, uh, to give you an example, you have the Gotham Knights and the new Suicide Squad game that are both due next year. Well, technically speaking, if what people are understanding is correct, they don't stay in the Warner Brothers game studio. They go off to this new company now. Hmm. And then people say, okay, well, what's going to happen with the Mortal Kombat franchise and what's going to happen with the Lego franchise that, let's not forget, has the Lego Skywalker saga in the works that we saw at E3 2019 looked really good. Uh, 
is still out there in limbo because of everything that's going on. And, uh, you know, where is this going to end up? And I mean, the biggest kind of issue with, I feel with that is just the fact that these are huge franchises. And if it's like, it just seems worrisome that the the possibility of them just doing the shakeup could uh, affect these titles that people are very excited for. And let's not forget back for blood from the makers of left for dead is due out in June. Oh yeah. Man, so yeah. now, now this at this point, it's going to get really interesting. Now, at this point in time, in the rumor mills and stuff like that, is there like a genuine fear that uh, these things are going to get shelved or can, or is it just like the unknown at this point? I think it's the unknown. Yeah. I, I think some people would say they're too far in development that um, you know money has been spent that these things have been promoted. Um, wouldn't be the first time something was shut down, but of course the argument <laughs> right. would the argument would be very simple. These are things that apparently motivated people enough to get. Now, is this the sole reason this is happening? No, but these are part of the assets that made it happen. And let's not forget this rumor about Warner Brothers Game Division being available went back a while, right after Bethesda was acquired by Microsoft. Um, there immediately people said Microsoft's going to try to buy Warner Brothers. And then you heard, well, Sony's going to get into play because they're not as big on buying major studios like this. They've been selective about who they buy, but they would look at it as possibly we don't want our competition to have acquired two major studios. Nothing happened. And now this happens. So, you know, it's it, it's all a great unknown and people are all speculating, waiting to hear what happens next. And even with that speculation, other things are going kind of going dog nuts at this point in time because uh, we just mentioned E3, and then it's kind of a weird sort of convoluted history, but the Summer Games Fest kind of spawned from E3, and now I don't know whether or not like companies are picking sides or what's going on, but there's some major companies going with Summer Games Fest, and they're not going with E3. Yeah, this has been very confusing because... There's a lot of, as there always is with these type of things, there's been a lot of rumors. There's a lot of speculations. You know, some people have said, don't like the direction that this side's going, that they're trying to charge the same for online as they're doing for this. And who knows? That's that's crazy. People saying we can do things under our own. And what is really odd is that E3 is scheduled to begin on um, June 11th and it's supposed to run three days online free to everybody showcases and we've already heard Bethesda's involved and xbox and you know ubisoft and all these things and that that's got a good run now what's confusing about all this is in the week leading up to that date these are supposed to be days set aside for private press meetings we have no idea how this is going to look but we're assuming it's similar to the meetings that we can schedule where we're not on the main floor, where we go upstairs into private conference rooms, where we get to see various games that are not made available on the floor. Kind of like we got to see Dying Light 2 and Zombie Army 4, uh, you know, 2019. Mm -hmm. This is where it gets really interesting because um, they announced that the Summer Games Festival, which is going to go on all summer, but it will kick off one day before E3 on June 10th. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they are going to do a um, reveal 
where supposedly I've heard as many as 12 major titles. Last year, there was mostly indie games, and then Sony, EA, and Ubisoft did their own thing down the line. They're associated with this, but I've heard, well, EA is going to do their thing in July. Sony may do July and August. This is just part of an ongoing thing, similar to how E3 is going to have PC Gamer and all that, some of their events rolled into it. Now, what really made me go, huh, was that Summer Game Fest came out and said Activision, EA, and Sony, as well as Blizzard, will be a part of their events. Now, that doesn't mean they're all going to be there on June 10th, but I'm reading into this saying the new Call of Duty reveal is probably going to be in the middle of this, and that's why we haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah. But then you have people like Warner, Xbox, 2K, Capcom, and others who are going to be taking part in both of them. So it's like, you're not going to show the same trailer at both of them. So are you going to announce one at one or back, or are you going to show the same trailer or updated ones? And it gets really, really interesting. The more you dig because they, I mean, minutes after this press release came out, E3 announced, uh, sent out a press release saying we're working with indie developers and doing essentially an indie showcase Whereas the Game Fest, that was a big chunk of their thing last year. Indie developers, indie oh, showcases wow. even came out and said, oh, yeah, you know, hey, in addition to this thing we're doing, we're having a concert by Weezer and we're going to have an indie showcase. And so, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. wow, <laughs> some I think, interesting stuff going on here. Right. And I think the biggest thing out of this is that for the, the common man, for the layman, when it comes out to this, the, the, the best benefit you're going to get is the fact that there's going to be competition, which means that there's going to be a whole summer of video game information coming out, which uh, for us is very exciting. For insiders, it's just it's interesting. Oh, it's crazy. And I was talking with some of the staff, and I think we mentioned it off air. I said, me looking at the big picture. So now we go to 2022, and let's assume that I know we were thinking this last year, and it didn't work out. But let's get to 2022, and we have an in-person E3. Now, how many companies are going to be involved, and how many of them are going to say, well, I'm going to sit back and just do it online and keep my cost down and control it? That being said, my thought was, if you're a consumer, if you are a member of the media, are you going to want another summer sitting at home? Or are right. you going to want to go out in person, speak to the reps, and here's the thing that you can't do online, play the games, yeah, ask direct questions, pose with the props. That's something you cannot do with an online festival, even if they make a demo. You know, there's some that they make a demo available of, but that's rare because most of these games are not, you know, these, as you've seen, it shows these demos are all carefully worked over and stuff to make the games look as good as possible. Some of these are in a state where it's one thing to use their proprietary equipment where everything's set up and balanced. They're not ready to go out into the wild on people's computers yeah. because the last thing they want is crash 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 and hey this game's crashing all over the place a lot easier to put it on a build 
you know it's going to work where you can control it. Exactly. And it's like that some, is what I'm waiting to see. And so many people Frankenstein their machines. Well, they'll take a part from one thing and do it to another thing, or maybe they don't have their updated drivers, and then suddenly you're getting bad press because somebody can't correctly do their IT on their own stuff. So I understand that, and I do think that a lot of people are going to be missing the uh, the in-person festivities, and especially being able to get the hands-on, and like you even said with the props, like the whole, the whole shebang, the whole ridiculousness of E3 is the reason why people want to go to these so i feel yeah uh some people are going to be really happy about this and no matter what i think that the information getting out is going to be awesome we'll just have to see what it's going to happen next year and see what happens going through this summer very excited with all this news though and again people can find you at skewed and reviewed that is sknr.net we'll be getting the information as it comes out all summer and that's the best way to get all of it uh thank you so much gareth Anytime. Take care now. Thank you so much, Gareth. And now it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got for us? Oh, it's been a while and uh, I need to clear up my phone. So, memes it is. All right, meme time <laughs> with the meme queen. Hell yeah. Um, one of them is a uh, screenshot from a Tumblr post. And they say, why the F is no one naming their children after Greek goddesses? Name your effing child Persephone, bitch. Yeah. Have you ever known anybody named Persephone? Because the only one that I know uh, is from the second Matrix. Oh, and I that was... was Monica Bellucci in that uh, tan uh, rubber dress. And wait, no, I'm just in too many memories. Uh, the only time I knew of someone, quote unquote, named Persephone was when we were looking at strip clubs and somebody <laughs> we know called her Paris phone because he couldn't pronounce Persephone. Paris phone. <laughs> Maybe that's why they don't name him that. Yep. And uh, somebody commented, if it makes you happy, my name is Demeter. Nice. I really like now, ever since American Gods last season. Totally. Just wrap it up, please. They're not going to. No. No, Um, (laughs) And then somebody else writes, in my experience, people named after Greek goddesses are some of the most ethereal, chaotic forces I have ever encountered. Our art department's nude model, for example, is a woman named Hera. She's stunningly beautiful, rides a motorcycle as apparently her only vehicle, grows her own food. She keeps bees, turtles, and a dog named Argus. Who wa- she walks around town with a peacock feather attached to his leech. Wow. I am thoroughly convinced she is not of this realm. And someone's like, I'm pretty sure you just met Hera. Yeah, the actual Hera. <laughs> uh, and I was just like, ah, oh, dang. There's a few names that I really love. Like, if I were to ever grace you with children, gr- or grace the world with children, which may or may not be a good thing. Mm. Uh, I love like the name Athena or all these really yeah. cool names, but like a lot of these names, I'm like, oh, I knew a chick in high school named Athena. Like, I, I or like, you don't want to pick a name that you kind of know somebody of. It's like I didn't name it after you. You just had a cool name. And you got to co- also consider, um, first off, kids are uh, terribly mean, so uh, you mm-hmm. have to run through those names and make sure that they don't rhyme with anything terrible or uh, anything along those lines as well. Agreed. Uh, another meme I got. Uh, this is from at IFD Humbag on Twitter. It's like, did you know Mortal Kombat was actually based on an old Scandinavian warship song? A Finnish hymn. <laughs> like, finish, like, you know, finish, finish. I'm going to finish then, him. And then hymn as in, him. like, the song thing, you know, like, finish him. I was just like, that is really interesting. And then I read that, I'm like, damn it. Yeah, yeah. Once you say it out loud, you're like, oh, that's an interesting fact. Oh, you got me. Crap. Dang it. Uh, and this other interesting tidbit, so everyone makes fun of uh, Beauty and the Beast because they just call it Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, yeah. It's the movie about Stockholm Syndrome, and there was a whole thread about how that is not true. Really? And I found it very interesting that the true 
um, examples of Stockholm Syndrome happen in other movies. It happened in uh, with Frodo and Quasimodo in Hunchback of Notre Dame and with Mother Gothel and Rapunzel in Tangled. See, it says oh. Frodo and Mother Gothel convince, uh, Frollo, excuse me, convince uh, Quasimodo and Rapunzel that their lives are, are dependent on them. The two villains claim the outside world is a terrible place, and even though they know that is not true, they are also emotionally abuse their victims by implying their worthlessness and destroying their self-esteems. Quasimodo and Rapunzel sympathize with their captors, even believe their captors are protecting them and treating them with kindness. However, both captors are merely using and manipulating their victims for their own selfish purposes, not the Beauty and the Beast. Belle does not sympathize with the Beast when she is treated poorly. She becomes angry and leaves the castle, only returning by her own wish so that the Beast, who saves her, does not freeze to death. She does not respond nicely toward the Beast until he treats her with respect. In this situation, Belle has control and is not manipulated into feeling for the Beast, nor does the Beast treat her disrespectfully after the first night. While Beast does have an underlying motive as to keeping Belle in the castle, he abandons this idea and sets her free to make her happy. If anything, this story is a case of Lima or Lima syndrome, where the captor starts to sympathize with the victim. Uh, and there is a post uh, which refocuses the purpose of Beauty and Beast from merely and wrongly being about Stockholm syndrome, as everyone says. Um, this person's not a psychologist. They just kind of write up on this. And so this is not coming from an actual doctor. Just a heads up. But that makes perfect sense. Like once it's all laid out because he wasn't, she wasn't convinced into loving him. He was, she, he was able, she was able to bring out the best parts of him and she got to see that. And so by letting her go, by letting her, giving you these things and stuff, he wasn't just holding her captive. He was like, you are free. Mm -hmm. But uh, it makes more sense when you think of it that way. And I'm like, okay. You have changed my mind. Good job. <laughs> the one thing that always made me weird about uh, Beauty and the Beast, and it was, I think, essentially memes that kind of brought this to light, is that all of the uh, all of the pieces of, of uh, like furniture or like the teacups or mm -hmm. you know the candelabra, they were turned into people. Mm -hmm. There's two things about that super disturbing. Was the wing that she wasn't supposed to go to was full of broken mm -hmm. furniture, which means those are like Whoa. once everybody changes back, is that just a bunch of Corpses just laid out everywhere. And then also Chip, he was named Chip because he had a chip in his uh, in his little teacup head. First off, did he have a real name? Like before well, that. Chip is a name. Yeah, but I mean, it seems that because he was named that because of the chip. And then also, if he comes back to a human, does he just have like a missing piece of his skull and his brain just showing uh, like there? There's an artist. Uh, he does the funny little comic strips. I think his name is Adam Ellis. And he used to work for BuzzFeed, so you probably have seen his stuff. And he does that where he comes back to life and he's just got a big chunk of his head missing. He's like, ah! I'd say he's missing an ear. <laughs> oh, just an ear? Yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Vicky, one more. <sighs> okay. So, Usha's42 on Tumblr writes, I had a dream last night that they made a new Bond movie, but they didn't say who was actually playing Bond. Throughout the movie, you have no idea which character is really Bond because he's undercover. Well, obviously. And uh, every single character, no matter how minor, was played by someone famous so that they could all conceivably be Bond. Oh, and at wow. the end, it turns out that it was Leslie Jones. <laughs> <laughs> the loudest, most ridiculous person in the world is right. uh, Bond. He's like, you're a secret agent? Sure, yeah, no one's going to expect me. It's like 10 out of 10, greatest spy movie of all time. Take my money. It's funny, when I first read that, I thought of Leslie Nielsen. I'm like, but he's no longer with us. Oh, wait, Leslie Nielsen. Oh, Jones. wait, yeah. That's Although, a... I would have enjoyed Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> now all I can think is Liam Neeson. Oh. 
No, they need to have him in there. Is yeah. he the new Bond? Is yeah. he the other Bond? Exactly. Like all of the different people who you think it is. And it's just Leslie Jones. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.